Thank you for joining us for this episode. If you are listening on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or iHeart, hit that subscribe or follow button. The content shared is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Imagination Health and Wellness Podcast. My name is Carolyn Scott, and I am here with my brother and friend, Clement Norris. You know, we love to say that we are your source for health and wellness from a biblical perspective with a real world application. Hey there, Clement. How are you today? I am doing fabulous, Carol. I uh, hope you are. I want to say hello to all our listeners. Of course, you by now, you hopefully you know that you're appreciated. We appreciate the support, and we hope that we don't let you down. We keep bringing things that you are uh, interested in, something that hopefully you're learning and feel as though you're being spiritually edified. So at this here point, again, this is just an extension of what we started the month off with. We uh, started talking about Halloween. I hope and pray that what we've covered so far have been abundantly clear. But I just want to make sure because sometimes, and and it's only because I've been here many times before, that, again, people still want to try to find some way, some angle to believe contrary to what a a plain thus said the Lord. And usually we don't have any problem when we keep that focus on Jesus Christ. And so I want us to look at the Gospel of John, chapter 8 and verse 29 real quick. You all know it's one of my favorite verses. I refer to it a lot for two reasons. Uh, Number one, it talked about how close Jesus was with his father. And then uh, number two, to me, probably the most important part is he says, why? I'm going to put Carol on the spot to see if Carol remembers, but he says why they were so uh, close. Carol, you remember why? Yes, because he did always those things which pleased the father. That's exactly correct, because he did most of the things that pleased his father. And that's why they were so close. He did always those things. Oh, uh, I was going to say, what happened to Carol? I was, I was like, what? you say he did what? <laughs> always. I said most. What did you say? Always. Always. Okay, my bad. Oh, my bad. I'm just simply trying to get clarity on the, the verse. And, and Jesus said that he did some things that pleased his father. Always those things. You mean most things? Always. Oh, okay. Well, then my bad. He did always those things that pleased his father. That's what the verse So if Jesus did always those things that pleased his father, then I, I think what we can do is we can go look into the Bible and see what did not please his father. But before we go look, I want to make sure I remind everybody of something that we talked about, you know, way back with a different program. When we read the Gospel of John, chapter 8, and verse 29, and we're reading what Jesus said, which was he did always those things to please his father. It's important that we remember that at that particular moment, at that time, there was not what we call the New Testament. It wasn't there. Matter of fact, the books didn't start getting written until after his death, burial, and resurrection. 
So we're talking uh, at the minimum, we're talking roughly three and a half years. There was no New Testament, but Paul hadn't even come on the scene yet. The Apostle Paul hadn't come on the scene, I believe it wasn't until 8027. So it was some time after that is when we started getting these books or letters written. And so when we talking about the Bible and you see it brought up a lot in the letters, they're referring to what we call the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament. So what we have to do is see if we can go there and get some kind of idea of what pleased God and what did not please God. Because we know that if it's something that did not please God, Jesus did not do it. And in not doing it, he pleased God. Does that make sense? Does that logic make sense? Yes. Yeah, if he, if he didn't do it, he did always those things that please God. If we can go find something in the Bible that did not please God, the fact that it didn't please God, Jesus did not do it. And therefore, in not doing it, Jesus pleased God. So, Carol, read for me. Go to the book of Deuteronomy for me, uh, please, chapter 18. Again, we're talking about Halloween. We're talking about this idea of what the dead can do, the fact that they can do all these different things. I just with Halloween because... You know, for many people, it's all year long thing. They go to people reading poems. They go to Zodiac people and all these people are acting as mediums. So we're going to go into the scripture and try to find out something in particular that did not seem to please the father. So verse nine, Carol. When thou art come into the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. We're talking about the area being the land of the Canaanites. God is clearly referring to what the Canaanites did as abominations. If you go into your Bible and you don't take my word for it, just go look in your Bibles. You'll see that there were many, I guess you could call them nations or, or kingdoms or tribes within some big, some small within that region. There were a lot of them there when the, by the time the uh, Hebrews had arrived. And God is referring to a lot of their practices as abominations. Some of us are probably familiar with the fact that he uh, tells the Jewish people not to adopt the sexual practices of the people in that region, which was very common. And then he's also about to address here some things that were very common in the region. Verse 10, Carol. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that uses divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. Continue on. Yes. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou Verse 13. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. Thou should be what? Perfect. So he's clearly making a, a an analogy between them not doing those things and being perfect. Read verse 14. For these nations which thou shalt possess hearkened unto observers of times. Zodiacs and so forth. Keep going. And unto Diviners, yeah, uh, diviners. but unto diviners, okay. yeah. Diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee so to do. So when we look at the verse here, the verse is, they seem to be uh, pretty clear. 
Now, you can call them diviners of divination, observers of times, enchanter, witch, charmer, consulter, familiar. You can pick any of those words, wizard, necromancer. What all those words basically mean is it's here. These are all different titles. Of, and again, it probably depend on the region that somebody was in that a person had. And what was the, the common denominator between all of them was this idea that they could communicate with the dead. Uh, when you look at familiar spirits, if you look into the story of, of uh, Saul, right? And Carol, if you can, go to First Chronicles 10, chapter 13 and 14 for me, please. Because that's one of those places where uh, you often have people, they actually try to use that again. Like I said, they'll try to find some way to try to, and I, and I don't want to go into a whole lot of detail on it because I'm hoping we can probably talk about it a little bit later. But uh, they want to try to find some kind of way to say, oh, no, 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 no. The, the, the serpent was right and, the, and the, they did not surely die and that God uh, was, was wrong. But what does that what does that text say? Verse 13 and 14. So Saul died for his transgression, which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of the Lord, which he kept not. And also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit. To inquire of it. Verse 14, and inquired not of the Lord. Therefore he slew him and turned the kingdom unto David, the son of Jesse. And so these, these uh people, this of course is the story of the witch of Endor, and these people who supposedly had familiar spirits were people who claimed that they had some kind of special communication with spirits. And if you actually go look it up, it almost to the point where the spirit was like a slave to them. And they could, they could communicate with these spirits and get information and so on and so forth. And, and this supposed, uh, and let me say the word again, a witch. And, I, and you'll be amazed at how many people actually use this story to try to say, oh, no, the dead, you, know, they, they, you can still communicate with them. We lose our bodies, but, you know, the, the spirit is still alive or the soul is still alive. Even though Jesus said that you know, we should fear God who's able to destroy both the soul and body and hell, they, they ignore that. They will go to this story and try to say, oh, no, this right here confirms it and everything. So I want to make sure we understand that this is a witch. And what witch has control over the spirit of one of God's prominent prophets? Yeah, I don't know how much this is killing me because I'm trying to be mindful of Carol's editing time, but we can go to that story and break it down and show that it is not what a lot of people try to make it out to be. But one thing that is clear that the Bible says, not, not Clement, not the imagination of health and wellness, the Bible says that that was one of the reasons why Saul lost his life because Saul went to a witch, the witch of Endor, and which God has made it perfectly clear in the verses that we just got through reading that you should not be going to those people. He went to them and he went to her for the sole purpose of trying to communicate with the dead, which God prohibits and which everything else that we just got through reading before this makes it clear that you can't do anyway. And what the devil does, he takes that and he uses that to deceive many of God's people because some of us will do and act a certain way. When we think that somebody we know or love, and sometimes they even got to be somebody we know or love, just the fact that they were dead, and they say something, and we buy a hook, line, and sinker. And so if Jesus did always those things that pleased his father, then Jesus avoided 
He avoided, he would have nothing to do with people who were dealing in spiritualism. He would not have endorsed spiritualism. He wouldn't do it. And Galatians 2.20 says that he's supposed to be in us. Why would we go to him when he wouldn't? He's the same in the past and the present and the future. Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ does not change. He didn't do it back then. He wouldn't do it today. Why do we do it when he would not do it? We wear our crosses around our neck, sometimes in our earrings. We go get cross tattoos. Why are we doing it when he would not do it? These people are not really talking to, and this may be a whole separate thing but to, to look at, but they are not really talking to your dead loved ones. All they're doing is communicating with fallen angels. And that's biblical. Paul was clear in Corinthians when he said, we got to be careful when we entertain strangers. He said, because you may be entertaining angels unaware. Now, I'm going to close out with this point here. Again, it's a, one of them stories and because people want to try to find some way to just, they have these preconceived ideas. Sometimes because it's been you know planted in your head from when you were a child and it's hard to let it go. Even though the biblical evidence against it may appear to be overwhelming, overwhelming and clear. So we will look at, there was a parable that Jesus gave. Let me say it again, ladies and gentlemen, it was a parable. And of course, a parable has a point. Uh, so there's a, normally a principle that is being addressed. It was a parable about a uh, wealthy man and a poor man. And in this story, uh, they uh, both died. The, the you know, poor man you know, obviously lives a hard life. The wealthy man lives a very good life. And uh, they both die. And in the parable, again, it was a parable, right? Because we know Abraham is not God. And we know Abraham does not represent uh, heaven itself. But because, like I said earlier, it was very common practice. People thought very highly of King David and Abraham. So in this a parable, in this analogy, he made reference to Abraham. And when he did so, uh, he talks about an exchange that the wealthy guy has with Abraham. And he makes a couple of requests to Abraham. And in the two requests that he makes, uh, I want us to see what the response was from Jesus himself. So, Carol, if you could read Luke chapter 16, verse 26 for us. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from thence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. So, uh, you got... This poor, as a matter of fact, Carol, there's a verse there that says, I think it's one up, where it says where the rich man was and where uh, Lazarus or the poor man was. And the name there it does use is Lazarus, correct? Yes, it is Lazarus. Okay. And there's a reason why it uses Lazarus' name. There's a reason why. You want to venture a guess? Actually, Lazarus had died. And God did what? Then God called him back to life. Jesus called him back to life. And even though he did it, guess what the people still didn't do? They still didn't. They still didn't. They still didn't follow him. In other words, he he's going to show using Lazarus that he actually did the second part of what he's going to talk about. And even though he did it, they still did not get that response. But what does it say the rich man was at? I was going to say in verse 22, it said, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. 
And so he's buried, right? Uh, and I, I thought I'd talk about a little bit more about his 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 situation because it doesn't say about how miserable he was there. Uh, and and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in okay. Torment. So it's so it says in hell he, he lifted up his eyes in, in torment mm-hmm. and going to in the grave. So he's so he's clearly he's being tormented, right? And, but he's able to communicate with Abraham. Mm-hmm. And and what does verse thirty one say? So verse 31 said, and he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And then he did it. So what he's saying is you have Moses and the prophets. So when you talk about Moses and the prophets, that's putting them in two broad categories. So the book of Moses, which is the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, and then the prophets being, you know, Samuel and Daniel and all these others. And so what Jesus said was, if they're not going to listen to them, if they're not going to be persuaded by what is essentially the word of God, the Bible, if that isn't going to convince them, they ain't going to be persuaded by no dead man coming back. Matter of fact, Carol, let's do one thing real quick. Let's do what they call keeping it real. Mm-hmm. You ready? Mm-hmm. What What is most people going to do if they see a dead man come back? Probably faint. I don't. <laughs> they're going to faint. They're going to run. They're going to scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to try and get out of wherever that dead man is, whatever place he's in. Yeah, they're going to pass out. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah probably faint, probably. You, you, you don't see people trying to necessarily go to a haunted house, especially if they believe it's an authentic haunted house. They ain't trying to go find no dead people, at least not purposely. If anything, they're gonna, most people are going to try to avoid them. And it tickles me. You look at some of these television shows and they actually have shows and they make it look so real and so authentic. And they got their little so-called, you know, uh, ghost hunter machinery. Uh, I can't remember the name of this one show that's on television. And they literally go to these places and try to find these fallen spirits, these dead folks. They actually try to do it. But trust me, that is an exception, not a rule. But the point being is that you have Jesus saying here clear as day. As you was reading, I was thinking, I said, maybe I should have her go even up to verse 20, 25. He said, and besides all this, so this discussion they have, and he said, besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. In other words, there's a great gulf between heaven and hell, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. So, Jesus is saying that it looked like it's plain as day. It don't happen and it cannot happen. God does not allow it, which is in complete 100% harmony with everything else we just got through reading about death. Complete harmony is with it. Uh, last thing I want to make reference to when we don't close this, this particular uh, segment out is this idea of saying somebody has uh, went to heaven or to hell. So in Romans chapter 10, verses 6 and verse 7, again, you know, read it in whatever version you feel comfortable in. Uh, I am thoroughly convinced that this is in complete consistency with everything else that we have been talking about. And so it says, but the righteousness, which is of faith, speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? 
That is to bring Christ uh, up again from the dead. So according to the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans, we have no business saying who went to heaven or who went to hell because we do not make that particular type of judgment or final judgment on anyone. That is a call that only God can make. And so it always boggles my mind whenever I uh, hear a funeral, uh, either on television or, or, or they're alive. And if you go uh, listen to the minister doing the eulogy, apparently everybody is in heaven. Uh, it doesn't matter what they did, how they did it. Uh, all that becomes irrelevant. I never hear them make reference to, you know, this one might, this one might be going to hell, you guys. It's like everybody is going. And what they're in essence doing is they're making a call, a decision that the Bible clearly says they should not even be making. So let's be clear. First of all, they're not there. They're asleep. There are an extremely rare, a few exceptions in the Bible where it talks about God woke people up out of their sleep early. A clear case would be that of Moses, and I believe it was Elijah. So there are a very few rare cases. There was a special small resurrection when, when Christ was crucified and resurrected. But the overwhelming vast majority of us, we're going to sleep. And nobody called by God, according to Romans chapter 10, verse 6 and 7, has any business saying just because they want to bring comfort to everybody. Oh, I know so-and-so is looking down on us right now. Or they sitting right there by it. No, that, that's not what the Bible teaches. That is not what we're supposed to be doing and saying. So we're going to end this now. Uh, all goes according to plan. We'll be having uh, probably one more section to go with this. Again, this is Halloween. We're dealing with the ghouls and the goblins. And uh, so I think that we can also touch on hell with our next one. Hopefully kind of bring everything to a nice little close. So we're open to any questions that anybody has. We have some good responses on abortion. Also want to keep in mind that we have the book, Watch and Pray the Way the Way. That's on Amazon. You know, if you'd be so inclined to go check it out, get it for you, yourself, or a loved one or both. And we see it all the time. Because when we talk about these type of subjects, it's still about health and spiritual health. And spiritual health, I believe, is the most important health. And so we want to do more than imagine health and wellness. We want to make it a reality in our lives. Thank you all for listening. We hope you have a fabulous week. And we look forward to coming to you next Wednesday. So by all means, keep us in prayer. Thank you and goodbye. If you like what you've been hearing on this podcast, Go to wherever you're listening to this episode and leave us a comment or visit our website at veganimagination.com. That's V-E-G-A-N-E-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N.com where you can leave a voicemail or written comment. Click on the podcast tab at the top of the page. And once there, you can leave us a voicemail message. We would love to hear from you. As usual, we want to thank you all so much for taking the time to listen to the program. We hope that you enjoyed it and it is something that you will share with others. Carol and I, we want you to do so much more than just imagine health and wellness. We wanted to become a reality in your life. We also want to make sure that everybody knows that if you would like to make any contributions to the program, they will be greatly appreciated. You can go to Patreon 
and make a donation. Your donation will be put to very good use and it will be greatly appreciated. As always, we look forward to uh, coming to you all again in the future. And we hope that you have a very blessed week. Thank you and goodbye.